Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries, a podcast about the interesting characters from our surveying and spatial industry and their unique perspectives on life and our industry. I'm Peter Cox and I use my 25 years of contacts as a surveyor and teacher to dig deep into the lives of others. Each fortnight, I delve into the life and times of people from all over the world who share the same profession and passions. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like, comment, feel free to share with your friends. Do you have a question about the surveying or spatial industry? Or would you like to join me for a chat? Or would you like to hear from someone in particular? If so, send me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram and we can catch up. Welcome back. I hope you've enjoyed my podcast and chat so far. Such a character is my last guest. I hope you've enjoyed the two-part episode with Dave. He always has plenty to say. This week, I'm speaking with Kelly Dean, Principal Surveyor and Business Unit Manager at Spire. So grab your drink, sit back, relax while we chat. Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries. Today my guest is Kelly Dean. Kelly is the Principal Surveyor and Business Unit Manager at Spire in Melbourne. Kelly is also the current President of the Institution of Surveyors in Victoria. Kelly was born and bred in Victoria, growing up in a small town in the South Gippsland. Growing up, Kelly aspired to be a vet or a physiotherapist, a far cry from her now chosen career. In this time, Kelly won the award for Best Candidate for Surveying Licence, she loves to horse ride, play netball and swim. Welcome Kelly, thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. So Kelly, you were born in Victoria. Whereabouts did you actually grow up? I actually grew up in a little country town called Mobu North. So that is in South Gippsland mm -hmm. um, with very high rainfall and nice rolling green hills. So. Hence the horse riding. I was going to say, so that uh, makes horse riding a perfect place to be. <laughs> yep, it was lovely. Where I grew up, we actually lived next door to the state forest. So we were very lucky that we could ride for, you know, kilometres and kilometres without needing to go on the roads and things. So really lovely spot to grow up. Oh, that's awesome. I grew up down in Jervis Bay and had a horse and we got to ride along the beaches. So <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Uh, where do you, whereabouts do you live now? Are you in, in Melbourne? Yep, in the suburbs of Melbourne. So uh, you're very much in lockdown at the minute, learning a lot about my five kilometre local area in lockdown in stage four restrictions in Melbourne. So um, it's, that's, that's been lovely, really enjoy the community here and I've got kids who go to the local school and um, yeah, it's, it's a really nice place to live now. Yeah, that's good. So is it far from where your office is usually? Uh, it's about a 30 minute commute to get into the office usually. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, that's good. Not too far. But some people are having to travel hours to get to their office. So I think they do enjoy the lockdown, not having to do the travel. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we're very lucky with respect to the lockdown that it has allowed us to not have to do those long commutes that we have anymore and I think that will certainly be something that we do take into 
I think everyone's calling it the new normal of work in Victoria, where we won't necessarily be doing those long commutes that yeah. we've been used to in the past with working from home and a bit more flexibility and lifestyle incorporated into the way we can work now. Yeah, it's making a difference, that's for sure. Um, was yeah. Slang your first career choice? Yes, so as you said in your intro, I did want to do physiotherapy, but unfortunately I didn't get the grades for that. Um, and I always had quite an interest in engineering and science. Um, and when I saw the geomatics degree, which it was known then as, um, I thought that it would be a really good mix of the science and engineering. And I'm very happy that I did choose that degree because it did turn out to be that really good mix that I was looking for. And now when I think about um, what I do in my day-to-day -day job, I'm, I really enjoy the fact that I do get that mix of science and engineering. I do get the mix of math and report writing and property law mm -hmm. um, that all came through in that. So at the end of the day, I think it was a good, a good choice. <laughs> Did you do that at RMIT? No, I did it at Melbourne Uni. So it was the Bachelor of Geomatic Engineering at that point in time. And I also did a science degree as well, um, which I explored geology in, which was a bit of fun. Wow. That would have kept you busy. <laughs> yep, it was good. We had some good geology expeditions, working out what all the different rocks were up in Buchan Caves area, which was fun. Um, you work for Spire. Yeah, the principal yes. surveyor and business unit manager. Tell me a little bit about uh, your position, what you do. Uh, so in my position, I lead a team of around uh, 20, 25 surveyors and we work predominantly in the greenfield parts of Melbourne. So really in the metro, in the, in the Melbourne growth areas. Um, so we, we support the large developers in the growth areas and the team does everything related to those sites and also infrastructure projects and smaller development sites as well. Because mm -hmm. you have uh, a few offices around um, Victoria and um, the lower sections of New South Wales. Do you have a much to yep. do with them? Uh, so my core responsibility is the Melbourne survey team, but we yeah. certainly do have offices in other parts of the state and in Albury and Canberra. Mm -hmm. And there are surveyors in all of our regional offices except for Canberra at the moment. So we work very closely with those offices in those regions so that we can um, do surveying related work as a team across all of Victoria into the southern parts of New South Wales and our team from Albury does travel to Canberra from time to time. Yeah, okay. Uh, you're also the president of the Institution of Surveyors of Victoria. What does this, what does this position mean and, you know, what do you do in that position? Oh, good question. Well, in actual fact, I do finish up my presidency tonight, would oh. you believe, at the ISB board meeting. So. At that meeting, I actually passed the presidency role on to Anton Wyatt from SMEC, who's taking over the role, and he'll be in that role for the next two years. Um, but I've really enjoyed my two years as president, um, and in that role, I've done a lot of different things. Um, basically, the things that I've really tried to focus on with respect to 
that role, which is a volunteer role. Um, it's something that I do outside of Spire. Mm. And because of, I guess, the love for the profession and, and wanting to really make a difference in the profession. Um, so the things that I've focused on in that role is really connecting with our members. So I don't know if you know the stats, but in Victoria, there are 4% um, of the licensed surveyors are women and we don't have a huge number of young people in the profession either. So what I've really tried to focus on and um, do in my role is just raise the awareness about the profession and talk to the members about what they want to see in the profession and really try to engage with that younger group of surveyors that we have. Um, so I did quite a bit of work understanding what young surveyors are interested in and what type of events they would like to see. Um, and towards the end of last year, we actually ran a really good masterclass event, which was really a standout event for us. And it was arranged by the diversity and surveying committee that we have in ISB. Um, and we had over 50 young surveyors come along to a really lovely evening where there was networking opportunities and just really short presentations from about four different people on things that really interest them. Um, so we had lots of really great feedback about mm -hmm. that from our younger members and hopefully when we get out of this lockdown period in Melbourne, we'll be able to um, replicate that in some sort of a masterclass series that we'll do for our, for our young surveyors. Yeah, that's, that's good because, yeah, we have that problem across all of um, all of Australia, don't we, with the, the, the generation of surveyors getting older and the younger ones not coming through to be licensed or registered. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, I, do, I do notice that there's more females coming into the industry now um, than what there used to be, but it still is quite a small number, isn't it? It is, yeah, and um, there's been some really great work done by the Spatial Leaders Diversity Network um, with respect to creating an action plan and some and a, a really an agenda for some actions that lots of different organisations can get involved with. So as part of that action plan, there's actually um, some things that you can do if you're a professional body, there are things that you can do if you're a business, and then there are things that you can do if you're an individual. So with those sorts of action plans um, now being um, available to people, I think that we'll see even a greater increase in hopefully the diversity of the profession moving forwards. Yeah, I think um, we really need to hit that early, early high school um, before year 10, before they sort of have an idea of it. I, I still, my eldest is in year, uh, sorry, my youngest is in year 10. Um, my middle boy just finished HSC last year and his friends, both their friends still go, oh, what do you do? What's a surveyor? Um, yeah. And we've even had surveyors go to the school and stuff. So yeah, I think uh, we need to, to push into the schools at, in year seven year six, year seven, to, to get it out there. Because, you know, it's it's not an overly hard job, is it, when it comes to surveying? It's definitely not uh, uh, challenging physically, uh, depending on where you go, but um, yes. it's definitely a doable job by male or female. Absolutely, mm. yeah. And yeah. I, think, I think the message that we need to give young people in particular and those in high school is 
you can do this job and you can have a really rewarding, fulfilling career if you if you do this job and and you know it doesn't matter whether you're a girl or a boy, you can you can move into this career. Um, and you'll you'll have a, a great experience and you'll get to see and do things that um, are really amazing along the way. Yeah. So how long have you been in the industry? Um, I, I graduated from uni in 20, uh, 2000. Can't think about that one. Oh, that should be an easy one to remember. <laughs> uh, I began at Reed's Consulting in 2001. So mm. I've been in the industry for 19 years now. Mm. Um, yeah, so you've so got to do a fair bit of some time <laughs> got to do a bit, bit of field work before moving into management positions? Yes, yes, I did. So I did some uh, quite a bit of field work relating to um, cadastral surveying, feature and level surveys, all sorts of things like that with respect to my training agreement mm -hmm. um, and certainly got all of the, that experience that I needed to become a licensed surveyor. Yeah, okay. Did... Um... Did you always have aspirations of being a manager or a leader within the industry? Or did that just sort of things fell into place where you had the opportunity? Um, yeah, I think from early on in my career, I always had aspirations to be in leadership. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy being in a position of, of leadership and, um, I have always aspired to be in that in that position. So yeah, always always since early on, I I have, and I'm still quite ambitious and and want to aspire to be the best that I can possibly be. Mm. So, um, you at the moment would probably have um, a lot of challenges at the moment. Um, how has the pandemic changed the way you work? Um, these days, you know, not being able to meet with your teams and meet with clients um, the way that you normally would? Yeah, it most definitely has significantly changed the work that we do and how we work. Um, I think in the past, we've always talked about um, moving into the digital world and being, fu being fully digital. Um, but I think this experience has completely changed the way we view that and we've had to move into the digital world and being fully digital pretty much overnight when, mm. when we made the move to working from home in Victoria. Um, so I think this experience has fast-tracked that move to fully digital and I think it has allowed us to really quickly understand what things we can bring with us moving into this digital world and what things we just need to let go of and create a new workflow for. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think we know that we can work digitally. I think we know um, that people can now work from home and be productive and we can allow people to have the flexibility that they need to um, pursue things that they might want to do outside of work. So such as spending time with the family or exercising more. So I think what we've got our head around now is that we can actually give people the space that they want to work from home, do an effective job at work, and then have the freedom to live their life um, really, really effectively without the commute, 
without needing to go into the office for every single meeting. Mm. Yeah. I think we've got our heads around that. And now I think what the challenge is, is agreeing or hopefully agreeing, because I don't want to go back to the same way that we were doing business previously, yeah. hopefully agreeing yeah. that we can work this way moving forwards. So we might not all be in the office all the time mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. And how do we how do we collaborate and communicate with each other when some people want to be in the office, some people want to be from home, and we're going to have a workforce that is in different locations, potentially all around Australia. Yeah. So yeah. just working on those collaboration and communication tools and making that communication scheduling priorities, um, all of those sorts of things really seamless in, in a digital world. Yeah. And there's so, so much technology, um, ahead of us or that we've, we've got now, um, to be able to, to do that working from home or working remotely and still have everybody connected, uh, getting, you know, the data or whatever it may be. So having that workflow, um, definitely putting some kind of um, processes in place in that sense, um, to, to me, seems like you can have a very productive team, yes. even if you're not yep. in the office together. Absolutely. And I think that's been, I think the, the game changer is that we know we can have a productive, effective team um, moving forwards in mm. whatever the team decides to do as their working norm. Yeah. What is the most exciting aspects of our profession to you? Oh, there's so much going on at the minute. I just think there is so much opportunity to be involved in our profession on so many different initiatives that we've got going on. Um, so if you look at just the Victorian context, we've got the DCM project going on, which is going to be a game changer with respect to digital data in the state. Um, we've got a number of different initiatives that are coming out from the government with respect to digital data 3D data, digital twins, um, you know, moving to a digital 3D cadaster uh, eventually. Um, and just a, the way we represent data is really changing as well. So when you think about big data and the data that we use as surveyors or spatial, spatial scientists, that data is constantly being gathered and we are constantly evolving the way that we produce it and display it and the way people use it as well. So I think there's a huge amount that we can be involved with, um, with respect to all of those new things that are happening in that digital space. And then also, you know, the we've got the people aspect of it as, as well. So you can be involved in, you know, training new people who are coming into the profession, talking with the experienced people of the profession and understanding what they know and how we're going to pass that knowledge on to others as well. So I, I just think there's so much, no matter what focus area you have, you can really add value to the profession at the moment. Yeah, so your your thoughts um, at the current state of the profession, um, You've, it sounds like, you know, there's a lot of things that are being put into place down in Victoria to help, to help the profession. Um, so it seems like, um, 
there's progression happening. Um, I think it was maybe a bit stale there for a while um, and people are starting to realise that um, we need to start doing something to, to keep the profession alive. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it feels like there's a lot going on at the minute, but I actually stumbled across a few papers that were, that were written in about 1995 talking about digital cadastres. So we've been talking about it for a while and it's great to see that we're actually making some pretty big steps into that sort of a system now. Yeah, wow, 95. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you went to uni, you have a degree. Um, do you think it's necessary to have a degree to be successful in the industry? No, no, I don't. I think there's lots of examples of people who have fantastic surveying knowledge who don't have a degree mm -hmm. um, and they've learned it on the job and through just really have having that inquiring mind and wanting to know more about surveying and that on the job training that 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 goes with being a surveyor so no I don't think it's essential to have a degree to be a success mm -hmm. in surveying. We just need some people to have degrees so that they can become registered still. <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you see the profession changing over the next 10 years? Wow, great question. Um, so I think the way, what I hope to see, and let's hope that we can, we can do this so that we can direct the future a little bit, is that we do embrace this digital transformation that is in front of us. I think that's the first big thing that we have to do and we have to embrace that and we have to do it in small steps so that we, so that we can achieve it. So let's embrace that digital transformation and um, deliver data that's really fit for purpose for people and it actually solves the problem that people want to solve with data. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that we see more diversity in the profession and when I talk about diversity I don't just mean a, of gender or race but I would like to see diversity of interests and expertise coming into the profession so I think there are so many com complementary professionals that we can um, work so well with so you you think of people like um, IT professionals or um, whether it's engineering or landscape architecture or just people with diverse interests coming into the profession because they're all dealing with data. They all use data as their base for all of the things that they build upon. Mm. So I'd love to see some of those people coming in and really giving us a, a great opportunity to expand some of the things that we're doing in the surveying and spatial profession. I think that would really add value if we can expand our reach um, into those different areas. And then the other thing that I would like to see in the profession is that people actually understand what it is that surveyors do. So <laughs> we were talking about your children's friends in high school who don't know what surveyors do. I really hope that we can get ourselves a communication plan or some sort of um, some sort of um, strategic plan that that we can have so that we can communicate to the general public about the important role that surveyors play. And I think if the parents understand what surveying is, um, I think the children 
will be able to learn that from the parents and with with everyone understanding what surveying is and the role that surveyors have in society i think hopefully we'll see the profession grow um, and ensure that it's really relevant moving forwards mm. with young people coming in and creating that relevance for our profession yeah mm. yeah i agree with that um there's a lot of education that needs to go on for sure mm. Mm. who's had the biggest impact on your career to date and it can be more than one person <laughs> Yeah, well, it is more than one person, I think. Um, my supervising surveyor was Alan Norman from Reeds. He's an exceptional surveyor and an exceptional person. So he most definitely in those early years played a really big role in my profession, uh, in my career. And he also um, really introduced me to the profession. So he's got a great... Um, He's really got a great passion for the surveying profession in Victoria and he's always been really active in the profession and, and mm. I think he's, he's passed that passion on to me really. So, um, you know, he's, he said to me when I became president that, yep, Kelly, it's time, it's time. <laughs> needed to get in and do it. So, um, no, he's really been a, a really good mentor to me and a really good friend to me. Yeah, and so as well. going back, being... Um, your supervising surveyor and you still have contact with him now yes yeah yep. so that shows a, a pretty pretty good relationship there of um support and friendship yeah absolutely mm. yep so he's probably the number one and then there are many people in my current business who who also have inspired me and and really um given me the the space to grow in within Spire and um, those people are the managing director there who's Mark Brewer um, and Terry Mawson who is the practice area leader of survey at Spire so Terry and I work very closely um, in our jobs uh, me as the business unit manager and him as the practice area leader to ensure that we're doing all of the things that we need to to grow and develop the teams mm. No, that's um. It's good that you've got a a team that you work comfortably with, and it's definitely uh, makes for a su successful company when you've got people that can work together. Yep. Mm. What's the worst thing that has happened to you while you've been surveying? Someone always has a story in in the back somewhere that something bad's <laughs> happened to them. <laughs> Oh dear. All right, I'll tell you. Come on. <laughs> uh, I think the worst thing that's happened to me is I crashed the brand new car that just got delivered to the brand new surveyor um, <laughs> within two weeks of my of my time at Reed. So I just remember sitting in the office messing up that I've crashed the car into a column. Oh no. Um, <laughs> so look it's not the not the end of the world um but you know that was pretty time. <laughs> pretty devastating for a person who's been on the job for two weeks yeah. and has crashed the, the new person's car <laughs> brand new which has to go back for repair so yeah that was that was pretty awful ouch <laughs> yep uh what is the best work advice that you've ever heard best work advice 
Hmm. I think the best work advice is, is, you know, if challenges or situations come up that are outside of your control, I think just don't, don't take them personally. Mm-hmm. I think that's really helped me in particularly my role now within Spire. Mm-hmm. Um, that advice was given to me um, by the MD and he said, you know, don't take this stuff personally. It, it's it's um, out of your control. Yeah. And and I think that's helped me as a manager. What's the worst advice you've ever heard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good question. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything that's been really bad. Okay. I've probably just dismissed it if it's been really bad. <laughs> when you uh, When did something start out badly for you? but ended up being really good or great? Making you think here. <laughs> hmm. Well, making me think today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the move from the country to the city when I started to go to uni was a really challenging situation for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the just moving away from your family and the people that you've known all of your life into the city environment was very challenging. Um, And luckily I had a very good friend who suggested that I come and live with her in the share house that she'd just jumped into. So that turned out to be a good experience. Um, It started, it started pretty rocky, but we got there in the end and I think it turned out to be an amazing experience Yeah, at the the end of it. It's a it's a it's a big thing going from a small country town into the city. A complete change Absolutely. of uh, lifestyle, isn't it? Yep. Mm. And I had never spent any time in the city as a kid. Some some children from the country get to go to the city for day trips and things like that, but I'd never had any of that. So luckily, my friend was there to kind of take me by the hand and show me around the city and and do all of the things that you enjoy doing when you when you just start out at uni. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, um, um, okay. What, what quote or saying, um, have you heard people say that you just think is absolute BS? Oh, BS. I thought you were going to say, what is the best thing, the best saying ever? Hmm. Oh, you can give me that one too, but you still need to answer my other question. (laughs) <laughs> okay, let me think about your first question. I'll give you I'll give you the um, the one that I think is good. Yep. And this comes from my husband. He loves this expression. It is to to move towards the horizon, you need to lose sight of the shore. Is that mm-hmm. the one? So to fulfill your goals on the horizon, you need to let go of everything yeah. that you're hanging on tightly to on the shore. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. I like that one. The one that I think is BS. Ooh. Yeah. I don't Too know. Hard. Too hard. It would have to be related to something like a woman can't do a surveyor's role or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty BS that, that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I remember. Go. I remember on LinkedIn there was something from you know, eighteen ninety four saying that 
um, a woman couldn't couldn't do the job of carrying the jigger up the hill on a really hot day. And I thought that was BS. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll agree to that one. I think I worked up until about not even a week before I gave birth to my last two children. So <laughs> I taught engineering students and I had some girls in the class and um, they were saying to me, oh, it's too hard. I can't do it. And I just turned around and went, I do not ever want to hear you say that again. <laughs> you can yep. do anything you put your mind to. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you do much reading? Unfortunately, no. No. No, oh. not at this point in time. You're too busy. Yeah. Mm, makes it hard. What motivates you? just getting some little wins motivates me to keep mm -hmm. going yeah yep the little wins what's yeah, a guilty pleasure wins. guilty pleasure chocolate definitely. <laughs> <laughs> is there a time in your life that uh, you can remember um, was the most inappropriate time that you've burst out in laughter oh No, I don't have one of those. <laughs> Probably regularly happens, but <laughs> I don't realise it. <laughs> what um what what's the most unusual place that you've been? Most unusual. Hmm. I haven't been to very many unusual places. Do you get to travel much? Uh, so I went to Germany and I did my final year project for uni in Germany. So I spent three months in Berlin, which was oh, wow. pretty amazing. So I did a photogrammetry, no, a remote sensing uh, project on the Grunewald in Germany, which was pretty good. So the, you know, the black forest and yep. classifying trees. So that was fun. Um, and then I got to travel around Europe for six months after that. And I did some fun things like working at a pool in England in the middle of summer, but it was absolutely freezing and I was wearing my ski jacket the whole time, <laughs> but other people were actually going in and swimming. So that didn't last long because that wasn't very pleasant. Um, and, then I, and then I came home. I was pretty over traveling after, after having been away from home for nine months. Mm-hmm. You, um, you say you're married. How did you meet the love of your life? Uh, we met at uni. Ah. Yeah. So did he travel with you or you were there on your own? No, I was there on my own, but he actually did come over and we travelled around uh, small parts of Europe and we travelled around Spain together, which was oh. absolutely amazing. Nice. Definitely one yep. place I'd like to go. Yeah, it's beautiful. How do you relax? Relax, going for walks or having a bath. Mm. With a glass of wine in the bath? Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> if you were to have a dinner party, um, who would you invite 
dead or alive? Uh, I just want to see my best friends right now. <laughs> Having been in lockdown and not being able to have your best friends come over for a dinner party yeah. is pretty hard. So yes. just, you know, all of my closest friends would be coming to a dinner party with me right now. Yeah, that's nice. That's pretty under, pretty understanding the circumstances that you guys have been through at the moment. Must be soon that you have... Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed we get out soon. Yeah. Mm. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Uh, my superpower would be understanding what my kids watch on screens all day. <laughs> <laughs> Did they do their schoolwork, don't they? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, if you could go back in history, where would you go and why? Oh, great question. Where would I go? Yeah, I'd go back to Melbourne when Robert Hoddle was, you know, doing his surveying of the grid and, and give him a hand with that, I think. Wow. <laughs> nice one. I'd go to Egypt. Ah, yeah, that too. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, would you rather have a get out of jail card or a key that opens any door? Yep, key that opens any door. Mm -hmm. So you're a goody two shoes then? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have that key, you can get out of, get yourself out of jail. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Didn't think about that one. <laughs> would you make the same choices again if you had a do over? nice well kelly that pretty much sums up the questions that i had for you i just have a few quick shots to fire at you so basic yes no hot cold type of thing okay there you go coffee or tea coffee definitely cat or dog dog sunrise or sunset oh sunrise summer or winter summer Roller coasters, do you love or hate them? Oh, hate. <laughs> Too scared of heights. <laughs> Three items you would take to a desert island? Mm, my husband and my two children. <laughs> Favourite song? Favourite song. Or artist? Mm. I'll say you too. Ah, old school. Favourite movie? Ooh, Hunt for the Red October. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I have favourite book in here. Mm, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Is your glass half full or half empty? Always half full. One thing you'd never do again? Mm, roller coasters. <laughs> Or Ferris wheels. <laughs> oh, yeah, getting stuck up the top, just swinging. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> if you had a warning label, what would it be? Feed when hungry. <laughs> Who knows you best? My husband. What is uh, What was your favourite subject in school? Maths. Oh. I struggled. <laughs> uh, favourite childhood memory? 
or horse riding in summer. Nice. Favourite food? Ooh. Chocolate. <laughs> Favourite drink? Drink. Oh, coffee. Mm -hmm. Pet peeve? don't really have any pet peeves. Okay. Win the lottery or have the perfect job? Perfect job. Biggest fear? Heights. <laughs> Favourite sport? Netball. Morning or night person? Morning. Proudest moment? Ooh. Tough one. Hmm. If, if, go on, give me a couple then. More than one. I think, yeah, I think just raising two happy, healthy kids, I'm pretty nice. proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Dream car? Well, it used to be. A green Aston Martin. Oh, nice. But I'm thinking of going something a bit more vintage now. Mm -hmm. mm. Like and my son's trying to convince me about a Porsche. So <laughs> he's very much into his Porsches. <laughs> Favourite colour? Favourite colour, blue. Apple or Android? Apple. On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? <laughs> not very out of five <laughs> the movie of your life who'd play you uh for the uh comparison to the hair it has to be nicole kidman <laughs> what star sign are you leo oh a leo not a lion well that's it i'm done thank you so much for joining me today kelly i've enjoyed having a chat with you it's been fun. Thank you very much for having me. We've had a good laugh along the way, so that's nice. We have. Yeah. Uh, do you have any social media platforms, any uh, causes or anything that you'd like to share or promote before we go? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd just like to promote LinkedIn and, and the work that we're doing with the Institution of Surveyors mm -hmm. through that. You can, you can um, check out me or the Institution of Surveyors via LinkedIn. Okay. Thank you. Thanks again, Kelly. I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Kelly. What an amazing and inspiring lady. Country girl, now living in the city, who has achieved such accomplishments as licensed surveyor, business unit manager, and past president of the Institution of Surveyors in Victoria. Make sure you like, subscribe, and leave a review on my channel. Catch you in a fortnight for another double episode with Craig Sandy, Surveyor General of Victoria. Defining boundaries with Peter Cox.